Welcome to Postscript. My name is Dave Severns. I am the worship pastor here at Compass Point Bible Church in Burlington, Ontario. And today with me is Pastor Chris Heiss. Hey, Dave. Thanks for having me. It's oh. been a while since I've been on, so I'm glad to be back with you. It is a pleasure. So, Chris, uh, what is it you do here at Compass Point? I am the pastor of Family Ministries, so I oversee kind of everything that happens with our, our team that, over, that does uh, kids and youth yep. and young adults ministry here at the yep. church and also uh, some parent uh, work with parents and uh, equipping them and kind of helping them as they aim to raise their kids well, you know, in life and in faith. So yeah, I yeah. love that. Just a just a few little things here yeah, and there, right? Yeah, things. yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's great. Uh, we this week we took a little break from our Ecclesiastes series. So we we started last week. We're back to it this coming week. Um, but we had what we call a all ages service. Yeah, that's right. Um, and you got to do the teaching in that service, and you talked a little bit about love. Do you want to give us just a little recap from Sunday? What is it? What is it you? taught for all of us. Yeah, I'd love to. We've been talking all month of February long with our kids about this theme of love mm. and particularly the idea of treating others the, the, the way that you'd like to be treated and kind of focusing in on Jesus' teaching around that. And so part of what we tried to do with our All Ages services recently was bring some of those thematic elements upstairs um, as we invite our kids and our yeah, our youth to join us um, with those services. And so, yeah, so we talked about love. It was appropriate. We just had Valentine's Day. And so love is kind of in the air. Mm-hmm, <laughs> so mm-hmm. we were able to talk about that. But uh, yeah, and you, you talked about four different kinds yeah. of love and these kind of biblical Greek definitions. Do you want to yeah. just recap? That oh, yeah, me? I'd love to do that. So uh, recently there was a Super Bowl commercial, actually, and they did a little bit of discussion around these four types of love. So it resurrected this idea. So you can go find that online if you want to. Yeah. But uh, C.S. Lewis really was the one that did a lot of writing around these four different uh, mm-hmm. types of love, these different words that the Greeks used for love. And, uh, you know, in English, we only have one word uh, for mm-hmm. love. And so this idea that I can love tacos, but I can also love my wife. And so there's this distinction there between those two things that we can't always articulate with that one English word. Yeah, definitely. And so we just took an opportunity on Sunday just to remind everyone that there are these different qualities or these different um, ways that we love and uh, looked at those four words. So we talked about, um, you know, storge, which mm-hmm. is very much kind of a a family kind of love, just that inherent love that happens, you know, with people we're familiar with. We mm-hmm. talked about um, philia, which is the the kind of um, love of, of friends. And um, uh, we talked about uh, eros, which mm-hmm. is kind of that passionate uh, kind of love. Certainly sexual love is a part of that, but this mm-hmm. idea of romance and, and those kind of things. But then we also talked about agape love. And, you know, one of the things I pointed out on Sunday is that really a lot of the definition around the word agape comes from the use of it in the New Testament. Yeah. So the the word existed before, but it was really, you know, the the stories about Jesus, the way that he lived and the way that he loved that formed kind of the use of that word that has carried on since then. Mm -hmm. And so while, you know, the first three forms of love are really kind of a response to our emotional feelings or you know, the, the, that kind of warmth and thing that we that you may associate with love yep. very often, it was the agape love was really a love of action. And mm. it was not so much a response to how we feel, but rather a choice or a commitment to act in a way that, you know, brings great value to those around us. Yeah. And so, yeah, we just pushed on that a little bit and just reminded our kids and our youth and our adults as well that, you know, what we're aiming for is a Jesus-style love that is that agape type of love. Yeah. And I think another important distinction that I mentioned too is that it's really, you know, the, the storge and the philia and the eros love are things that kind of can fade up and down depending mm-hmm. on how we're feeling. Yeah. Uh, whereas the agape love 
is something again that's more of a choice that we make mm. and agape really is what fuels the others to make mm. them good yeah um so when we bring in that you know choice to to love through action um even it's not self-serving mm-hmm. it actually improves the way that eros love and storge love and philia love are you know practiced in our relationships and so i think that was something important to talk about. Cool, yeah. yeah. And you had you had four balloons on stage. Mm-hmm. It was this great visual. Um, and again, so so Sunday service looked a bit different. We, we it was this all ages service. You your message was instead of half an hour, it was about ten minutes, twelve yeah. minutes, um, which was awesome. Uh, sure, is always better. Uh, it's, I just love it. It's great. <laughs> and we played a fun guess the love song game. Yeah, yeah. Um, we learned some new songs together, some right. some that our youth would know well, and then you know, we, we kind of taught it to our older congregation, and then one, the old rugged cross that, that some of our seniors and, and yeah. older people would know well, and we kind of taught it to our youth. That's right. Um, and, and I think, you know, I, I want to talk a little bit about why we choose to do these all-ages services. And, and in my mind, it actually ties in really well with love, right? We, we believe one of the best ways we can love our families um, and and love each other is by is by worshiping together, right? And it's it's weird, it's different, it kind of disrupts the the regular patterns we've got. But but why is it that we do these family services? Can you can you peel back the curtains a little bit and give from from our family ministries guy? What are we doing? <laughs> yeah, well, I, I think there's two really essential reasons. You know that um, are the reasons we choose to do all ages services. So I think. You know, one of those reasons is um, what you're talking about, I think, is the idea of creating what we call shared table experiences. Hmm. So, you know, and I've given this illustration to our congregation before, you know, this idea that, you know, if you have a great holiday gathering with a lot of people, you know, many times we've had that experience where there's an adult's table and a kid's table. And, and the experiences at those two different tables are often quite different. Yeah. You know, it can be kind of a raucous you know, event at the kids' table with a lot of mess and, you know, craziness and silliness and all that kind of stuff. And they've got the plastic utensils and kind of the downgraded, you know, uh, you know, setting table settings and things like that. And we just kind of see that that experience a certain way. And that's not necessarily bad. It's just it's a different experience. Mm-hmm. You've got an experience at the adult table where maybe, you know, we're using the fine china and the cloth napkins and yeah. you know, there's a little bit more like conversation and debate and things like that are going on and and those experiences aren't always true maybe some at your family maybe the adult tables the raucous one with the you know plastic cutlery i don't know but you know the point is just that they they can be in the same place doing the same thing but having two very different experiences and there's a time and a place for that to happen you know a lot of weeks we do separate into different kind of demographic groups and try to approach things in a way that is understandable and relevant to that that group yeah and we actually learn different things upstairs and downstairs we right. for those who don't know we meet a half hour before all of our services to pray and every week we kind of just talk very briefly with some of our family ministries volunteers who are teaching our kids what are you guys learning what are we learning what Absolutely. how do they line up but it's not they're they're different right wildly different experiences in different yeah. places yeah for sure and so what we want to do though is from time to time at least um you know demonstrate the value we have on a shared table experience Hmm. and so you know we think that there is value in bringing people together um to be you know experiencing the same thing and so one of the things i'll say is you know when you've sung the same songs and when you've prayed the same prayers when you've uh, heard the same message you know on sunday we did a responsive prayer so people were kind of speaking out a commitment in prayer yeah so like doing that together you know, whether it's a parent or a grandparent or someone else who has influence in the life of a child or a grandchild, if they're here together, mm-hmm. then that car ride home, 
that um, you know meal around the table at lunch or dinner or later in the week, um, maybe those that bedtime prayer time, whatever it is, mm-hmm. we think those things can be richer because yeah. we've had a common experience. So yeah. the type of conversation we have, the type of questions that we ask, maybe we're singing those same songs we learned together on Sunday, but we're singing them on Wednesday at home or in the car. You know, we think that there's value in that mm-hmm. um, because it helps particularly our parents, our grandparents, our influencers um, to be able to um, unpack that stuff with their kids and do it well. So yeah. that will be one of the reasons. Um, another reason that we want to do all ages services, or, or another big reason, I mean, there's multiple reasons, uh, is that we think that there's wonderful vitality that comes from having kids and youth in our midst mm-hmm. and, and seen and included. Um, and there's some great res- research about this. You know, Fuller Youth Institute talks about this all the time, that some of the healthiest churches and the churches that are, um, you know, seeing the most growth and, and having the most impact are the churches that are including younger people. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's a wisdom and an experience that we learn from those that are a little bit older in our congregation. But there's also a kind of a youthful energy and a vitality that comes from including those that are younger. And so it's the combination of those two things which leads to really healthy churches. And so we think there's some real value in that. Um, and even just recognizing, like we talk about having a, a responsibility to the next generation. So yeah. having them physically present, sitting beside us, even if they're having trouble sitting still. Maybe sitting, maybe squirming. You using know. their outdoor voices, you know, and that kind of stuff. I mean, we think that that visual reminder of that is really key mm-hmm. because as much as it's something on our heart, it is easy to forget when you know our kids and our grandkids and our congregation aren't actually with us. So. Yeah. Uh, what would you say to people who say, you know, it's just it's too hard, it's not comfortable, things are stylistically, it's not, you know, we're, we're trying to reach our kids and it's not what I enjoy. How do we, how do we respond to that? Sure. Well, part of it's what I already said, you know, that, you know, at Compass Point in particular, you know, we believe we have a, a big responsibility to the next generation. And yeah. I think if you talk to any parent or grandparent, they would say that's true for their kids and their grandkids. Mm-hmm. You know, that they're, they want to pass on uh, things about character, things about being a good citizen. They want to pass on, you know, what it means to follow Jesus, what yeah. it means to experience God. And so that's true in all of our lives. So why wouldn't it be true when we gather? You know, mm-hmm. I think there's a sense that as a community, you know, we have a responsibility to, to pass that on. We see that throughout the scriptures, right? The idea that we're going to speak of what the Lord has done and we're going to pass that on to the generation that's coming. We're yeah. going to set up a monument so that every time we walk by this, you know, we're going to see this. And we're going to have a story to tell our kids. Yep. And so I think that that can be executed through these common experiences. And so, you know, I would say to someone, you know, that this is part of what the church is called to. Mm-hmm. And there's many different ways to accomplish it. But one of the ways we choose to do that is by trying to have some of these shared experiences. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So. Uh, how would you... Um, okay, so like I, I have, you have young kids, I have young kids. Yeah. I, I thought Sunday service was great. There were so many moments I could point to. You know, it was fun to sing those love songs together. Uh, it was great to see the balloons, to think about these four kinds of love. Um, I loved your responsive prayer. I loved that, that moment you, you said, you know, we need patience. But then you, you put, put some legs on it and you said, when we're waiting in line, right? <laughs> Things like that, which are just such good reminders that, right, faith is, is every day. Um, I also had this moment as a parent. My wife is at the back. She's helping with production stuff. I'm at the front. My son is in the front row with the son of another person on worship team, and he is not listening. And I'm sitting on stage trying to graciously engage the congregation while also sort of glare at him and kind of give yes, him the like yes. pay attention look. Right? It's this is the the challenge of parenting is is so often it takes us 
uh, out of a moment to try to engage our kids. Um, what would you say to parents who are like, oh, it's just exhausting. And then and is there anything that maybe those who don't have young kids could do to help? How do, yeah. how do we, even in how we sit and how we engage with people on these all ages services, how do we graciously love each other in this agape kind of way? Yeah, it's a great question. I, um, I think, you know, as I think about those experiences, first of all, the people that maybe don't have their own kids or don't have grandchildren, whether they don't have them at all or they're not here in our midst. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think there is an opportunity to still recognize our responsibility to to, you know, pass on a legacy of faith and to to identify that there are kids in our church who need to grow up and be well received and, and receive mentorship. And, you know, I, I talk about sometimes a web of godly influencers in yeah. their lives. We need, you know, everyone's in on this. Um, so there is that. And so you're right, there are probably practical ways, you know, whether it's just the way we approach that type of service, the attitude that we have going in, the way we participate and model participation. I mean, mm-hmm. kids learn from seeing adults in action. And so if we're, you know, practicing, you know, joyful worship, if we're, you know, uh, engaging and, um, you know, if there's an opportunity to talk out loud and answer questions or have discussion, have that discussion. Mm. Um, and you're right, sitting close to families that, you know, um, could use extra support or maybe having a conversation with families just to offer that support, um, you know, on a Sunday morning might be good because you're right. I mean, we're doing as best as we can, but we think we can still get better. And, yeah. you know, our goal is to engage, you know, everyone who's in the room. Um, but we recognize that we miss that sometimes. And so if kids are fidgety or I talked to one family and they needed three bathroom breaks to get through that service. Yeah. Um, but they were still positive, you know, yeah. and they were still excited. Their kids look forward to coming and being a part of what's happening in the upstairs church. Mm. Um, and, uh, and they are hopeful and just see a great pathway forward to continue doing services like that. And so sometimes that's just a stage of life oh, thing. Yeah. And, um, you know, I know for me, I've had similar experiences to you. Sometimes, you know, my wife might be busy um, doing something in a, in a ministry area. I might be up on the platform and I've got two of my kids like full on fighting in the front pew, like yeah. wrestling with each other. Yeah. And, you know, it, certainly it feels um, uncomfortable maybe, but I recognize that, you know, sometimes that's going to happen. Yeah. And I think if we look at our own lives during the week, you know, not all of the learning that our kids have is like a talk at them kind of learning. Most of it isn't. Right. right? It's experiential. It has ups and downs. You know, family conversations around the table. Sometimes you've got someone rolling on the floor and someone's, you know, trying to (laughs) ask if they can be excused to go to the bathroom. And um, so I think, you know, part of that messiness Mm -hmm. is we need to embrace it as true. Yeah. And recognize that, you know, if we take the responsibility seriously to invest in this generation of kids and, and young people that are coming up, then we'll have to embrace some of the messiness that comes with that as well. Yeah. Now, notwithstanding the fact that, you know, we welcome feedback and good criticism and Always. like, you know, people who want to help us to do it better and better. Sure. Yeah. But yeah. it's, yeah, it's a great way to... Um, engage and just yeah be present right it's it's mm-hmm. about being present one of the other things i w- i would say and i would encourage people um you're, you're right a lot of a lot of parenting a lot of being formed in general is less about ideas and kind of having truths presented to us in an abc kind of way and more about absorbing them through experience and and through watching people sing or watching people do things um and through stories um i i always think i i know in our church we have uh people who love certain songs um, and and they have reasons they love songs. Usually it's that God has worked in their life in a time when that song was really significant and it's shown them something significant about who he is. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of story that you can share. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and that you can often share with kids, right? Right. We sang the old rugged cross on Sunday, and I know there were a couple of people who, who really appreciated that. Who, who that hymn holds a special place. Um, I would encourage you, if, if even even not an all ages service, but anytime you have a moment like that where you're reminded of the the goodness of God and the faithfulness of God, share it with someone younger. Share it with someone older, right? Like this is part of what it is to be a family as a church together, um, is having these conversations and. Uh, yeah, we, we kind of can break down those barriers and, and help a family in the, in the same, same moment. So yeah. I think that's a, it's a great comment. I mean, two things. I mean, you know, I included the story of the Good Samaritan on Sunday, and mm-hmm. there's a little part of me that, that almost didn't choose to do that because I'm like, this is such a familiar story. You know, we were just doing a shorter message, and so, like, we're, we're not really going to be able to, like, we're not expositing it or anything like that. And, mm-hmm. and yet, you know, it was so important, I think, knowing that, the the idea of story and narrative is so captivating for our kids yeah that that story really can speak for itself and it really is the way to exemplify this agape kind of love and so mm-hmm. you know having that as a part of that service i think was really important and meaningful for for our younger kids the other thing i'd say about story is just you know one of the things we know from research is that you know one of the reasons that a lot of people young people end up leaving the church is because the god that we talk about um, the God who's powerful, the God who answers prayer, the yeah. God who does miracles, the God who's, you know, this big God, um, you know, often is not experienced by kids who grow up in the church. Mm-hmm. And so there's a disconnect between what we say about God and what ends up being true. And so I, th- I think telling stories and passing on stories that, you know, are of God's faithfulness and God's power and of God's forgiveness mm-hmm. um, that are realized things in our lives passing those on to our kids is a a massive part of seeing, you know, kids who grow up in the church, you know, endure in their faith. And so we need to do that during times when we gather. We also need to do it, you know, when we're at home and in the car and at bedtime and at, you know, morning time Mm -hmm. with kids one-on-one, one-on-two, that kind of thing. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. Hey, Chris, if someone's listening to this and they're just like, yes, you know, I'm being convicted in my, the way that I want to love kids more and and be part of a family, how can they get involved in family ministries? Yeah, well, we are always looking for people who are, you know, caring adults, you know, who want to get on board with helping to, um, yeah, invest in the life of a, of a child in our mm-hmm. ministry. We'd love to have those people come and, and find us and, and let us know. You can even go on the website and you know express interest there. There's lots of positions available behind the scenes as well as kind of front lines working with kids. Um, and so that's a great opportunity. We'd love to have people praying yeah. uh, for our kids and for our families. I would say too, like maybe maybe being a Sunday morning kids volunteer isn't you know for you. But you know what else we really need that maybe we don't talk about as much as we should is we need people to just care about other young families, other parents. Yeah. You know, we need people who've been there. You yeah. know, a, a, you know, forty-five, fifty-five, sixty-five, seventy-five-year-old parent, grandparent now maybe, to to go and invest in a, a family that just needs another caring presence. Hmm. Um, you know, it's been said that we can't expect kids to become mature Christian adults unless they spend time with mature Christian adults. And so we need to find people outside of the home to be able to contribute to that too. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, thanks for listening along. Uh, again, if you've got any questions, if you've got questions for Chris or about why we, you know, how we do family stuff, why we do family stuff the way we do, we would love to hear from you. Just reach out to us, send us an email or contact us on social and we would uh, love to be able to help. Talk to you next week here on Postcard.